What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Singlehood Podcast, and I'm coming to you with this next part of our Bible study titled, Where Are You Going and What Are You Doing to Get There? And before we go straight to the study, I'm going to go ahead and just share uh, some announcements and reminders to you. I just want to let you guys know again that we launched the JLP Network YouTube channel. If you have not yet subscribed, Truly, I would appreciate it if you were to subscribe to our channel because I believe that the Lord is going to bless this channel to bless you. I believe that God is going to use this channel to encourage, challenge, and inspire you to live life to the fullest. So go ahead and search us on YouTube, JLP Network. And then also, I just want to let you guys know to continue to stay updated via my social media because we are still going to be launching our book very soon we had to postpone the date but please go ahead and make sure you're following me on facebook at facebook.com forward slash jlp network and also on instagram at it's underscore underscore jlp so that way you are always aware of new content that we're um, producing and also um, such as the heart determined book you will be aware and notified when to receive your copy Now, without further ado, I just want to go to the study. I don't want to go ahead and just give a recap of last week's episode. If you're interested to go ahead and um, know what we discussed, please just go ahead in our archive and you are more than welcome to listen to last week's episode. Now, tonight we're going to continue going through the passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But on tonight's episode, we're going to continue to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. To 18. So tonight I'm going to be focusing on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse um, 12 to 18. Just a little bit um, flashback from last episode. I just want to let you guys know that we discussed 1 Corinthians chapters 10, verse 1 to 11. Okay. And so this is why tonight we're just continuing on to verse 12 to 18. And then by the grace of God, next week we're going to go ahead and continue from uh, verse 19. To verse 20 and if you're guys excited we could continue until verse 22 because i i believe that um verse 22 is amazing and so if we do have time we're just going to go ahead and discuss verse 22 as well uh, but for the time being if you have your bible go ahead and open it to first corinthians chapters 10 verse um, eight, um excuse me verse Yeah, verse 12 to 18, that's what we're going to be discussing tonight. And so if you are more comfortable with the Bible app, you're more than welcome to use it. If you are comfortable with your physical Bible, go ahead and please open it up. And we're just going to go ahead and dive right in. And so tonight, I'm not going to go ahead and read it uh, completely through. But, you know, let me just go ahead and read it because I know sometimes you all uh, prefer to hear it all the way through before we discuss it in depth. And so I don't have a problem to do that. So let me just go ahead and do that right quick. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 to 18. I'm going to go ahead and do it very briefly. All right. So, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Verse 14. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give things a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Verse 18. Consider the people of Israel. Do not consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar. All right. So we just went ahead and read 1 Corinthians chapters 10, verse 12 to 18. And so let's go ahead and discuss uh, verse by verse what it is that Apostle Paul is talking about here. And so from the bat here on verse uh, 12, it says, right? So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And I want for us to pay attention that there's not a period at the end of that sentence. There's an exclamation point which means that you know he is very serious on that topic when i heard that right when i was reading that during my quiet time it reminded me of proverbs 16 verse 18 and 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 very quickly and short proverbs 16 verse 18 it teaches us that pride comes before a fall and so paul here is saying listen hold up you know it, it we're doing good right you're doing good but don't put too much confidence in yourself or your success because if you go ahead and do that you're 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 not safe you're not in a safe zone you're going to fall and so one of the points that we could get from verse 12 here is that the way success works in the kingdom is that you need to partner with faith and humility to increase your profit margin I'm gonna say this again the way success works in the kingdom is that you need to partner with faith and humility to increase your profit margin and so from verse 12, again, what we could be able to see or note in the scripture, right? The verse is that eventually if we do not partner with faith, if we do not partner with humility, if we go ahead and just, you know, fill, fill ourselves um, time and time again without acknowledging God, without acknowledging that it is God who gave us a favor in the first place to receive those benedictions or whatnot, eventually if we cut ties with faith and humility we will go bankrupt okay we will go bankrupt and that's exactly what happened to the israelites you know uh in 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 in, in the book of exodus right when they were just so full uh, of their of themselves right meaning like they were just paying attention to the fact that they didn't have some of the things that they had when they were in in um in egypt and they started to really complain to the lord and they were ungrateful they weren't paying attention to the benediction that the lord did um rain on them right and so it's very important here for us to know that even in our success right or even when we're winning right when we're doing well we need to realize that god also needs to continue to get the glory because if he doesn't continue to get the glory your success is not promised to last forever and so when it comes to the verse again you know it, it's not to say that paul is discouraging the people to not uh be happy um concerning where they are concerning their victories, concerning their progress. Instead, you know, it's saying to not put our confidence in those things, not to put our confidence in our wins, in our accomplishments, 
not to even put our confidence in ourselves, but to put our ultimate trust in the one who caused us to prosper and have those breakthroughs. Okay. And so another thing that we can definitely just learn just from verse 12 of first Corinthians chapter 10 is that besides, right? Besides the fact that pride comes before a fall, the reason why Paul is here saying for, for them to not to think that they're standing firm and for them to be careful is that they're not able to see every angle. Okay. They're not able to see every angle while they're celebrating a victory or a a win, right? Or a good outcome in a different angle, in a different direction. While you're celebrating your win in this angle, the enemy is looking at a, a different angle to attack you. And he's looking in a different direction to steal another blessing that God gave you or is about to give you. And so if you're just focusing on yourself and you're saying, oh my goodness, I'm living my best life. And you're not continuing on investing in your time in prayer and seeking the presence of God and God's will for your life. You give the enemy a footstool and you give the enemy an opportunity to destroy something good that the Lord was about to bless you with. Or perhaps something good that is already in your life. And so it's important for us to put our confidence and trust in God because God, he, he is able to see every angle. Okay. So even if you're not able to see every angle because you trust in the Lord, he's able to see uh, him being your source. Yes. So God is the source of us all. But the thing is, we have to understand that God, even though he is God, he is Yahweh. He's a living and only true living God, right? He is still a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon us. And so when we, when we go ahead and acknowledge him as our source, our true source, you know, the true source of our success and victories, you give him permission then to be your security and guard the enemy from stealing, killing and destroying all of the benefits that God has blessed you with already and the ones that he's about to pour into your life. And that was verse 12, y'all. And that is just amazing how packed this verse is. Now, moving along to verse 13, okay? And so verse 13, he's talking about uh, temptation, right? And he's saying here to them, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, okay? I just want to pause right there because I don't know about you when you were reading this verse uh, as, or maybe perhaps when I was reading it along, <clears throat> reading it for you guys and you guys were listening along is that I feel that, you know, from the surface, it seems like Paul is being sincere, uh, to the members in the Corinthian church. But if you look deeper, it's like he has a, he, it's like he's being sarcastic, uh, with them, right? There's a dash of sarcasm there. And he's saying like, you know, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to men. Okay. So what other temptation, uh, would have overtaken them, (laughs) you know, because they live on the earth anyways, right? So is there a different type of temptation that uh, they can't experience on the earth? I'm I'm confused right there. I don't know about you guys. And so I feel like uh, Paul was being sarcastic. So pretty much he was saying, hey, listen, you know, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to men. So basically Paul is saying, listen, even though you are a, a member of the body of Christ, that doesn't mean that you are not, you know, tempted like the world or you're not tempted like people in the world. You are still able 
right? To submit to your flesh if you're not spending time with the Lord or if you're not, you know, living a lifestyle that is according to God's will or God's covenant, right? And so he's being sarcastic with them. He's saying, listen, you know, you're still going to be tempted, number one. Just because you're a Christian, that does not mean that you're not going to be tempted. And that also does not mean that you're not going to go through trials and tribulation. And then continuing on to this verse, he goes ahead and says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Okay. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And I want to just pause right there. Okay. Cause I don't want for us to have any confusion in regards to the term temptation. The term temptation in this particular passage is not the same as the term temptation that we use, you know, in our language. Okay. The Bible already tells us in James one verse 13, that God does not tempt people. Like God does not tempt us it's not in his nature to purposefully uh, you know cause you to sin or give you the idea to sin but however God does test us and so the temptation here in this particular verse um, I believe it's really um, talking about you know going through those hard seasons going through those trials and um, and yeah going through those hard seasons going through those trials I don't believe it's necessarily talking about temptation like uh, for example idolatry <clears throat> Um, idolatry or adultery, right? Or uh, having sexual uh, uh, temptations, right? Um, to lust, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And so afterwards, he continues and says here, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that is very important to me. And I believe it's very important for all of you, especially during this time that we're living in. So, Paul is saying here, God is not going to necessarily remove that trial from your life. But however, what he is promising to us basically from this verse is that even when you're in this trial, God is with you and God is going to make a way out for you. Meaning God is going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the wisdom, whatever you need to endure it. So it is God's intention and will for you to endure your trial in order for you to be purified and made strong in order as well for him to trust you. Remember, like I said, based on James 1 verse 13, God does not tempt us. But basically from the word of God, we know that God tests his people in order to see their character and if they're trustworthy and if they can go to the next level, to the next stage of life or the next stage of the assignment that he has on their life. And so I want you to be encouraged tonight. I'm not sure exactly what season you're in. You know, a lot of people, they feel differently about the pandemic. But I want to let you know that no matter what season you're in or no matter what type of feeling you have concerning this time that we're, we're, we're currently dealing with, that God, he is going to make a way out for you. And he's going to provide to you the tools and resources you need in order to endure it, in order to be blessed in spite of what is going on, okay? As we continue, as we continue here, we see that, you know, basically he's saying, okay, so you're going to be tempted. It's not an if scenario. I want for us to pay attention to that. It says, but then, <clears throat> excuse me. It says, but when you are tempted, okay? So it didn't say if you become tempted or if, you know, you reach a point of temptation, but it says, 
but when you are tempted. So that is highlighting to us that we are going to go through some hard things, y'all. We are going to have some conflict, some friction, but nonetheless, we need to take courage and also to be encouraged and know that God is faithful and that God is with us no matter what. Okay. Now, another thing I would like to add concerning verse 13 is that the reason why, you know, it says here in the scripture, you know, it says that God will not give you uh, uh, to, you know, anything right beyond what you could bear, any temptation beyond what you can bear. But we already clarified that God does not tempt us. So what does it mean by that? Like, what is he implying by that? Well, since he already made it known to us that God is able to make a way out for us, right? In the temptation, right? Or during that temptation, that only means the reason why you can endure any trial or any test is because God is with you. You see, God is the one that makes the trials bearable. You really think you could have, uh, uh, you know, you could have um, endured the seasons that you endured without God? Of course not. And so, you know, some people, when they say this verse, they're like, oh, God is not going to give you more than you can bear. That's completely is not <laughs> true. There, even the little trials, y'all, we cannot, we cannot go through those little trials even without God. And so God is the one that gives us the ability to bear those trials, to build, bear the struggle, excuse me, to bear uh, temptation. He is our strength. He is the one that gives us the victory to overcome temptation. Following along to verse 14, Paul here says, therefore, my dear friends, flee idolatry. Now, if you were with us since the beginning of the study, we talked about idolatry already. Uh, and we see here there's a common theme um, in this in this whole passage and also in the whole study itself. It's talking about idolatry. So it's talking about how we as believers, we have to really guard our hearts because it's easy for us to create idols, even, even though even if we're not aware of it. OK, and so we talked about it in the previous previous episode and we talked about how forgetfulness leads to idolatry now here we see paul is saying to them okay flee idolatry so this is very serious he's saying flee he didn't say walk he didn't say walk away from idolatry he said flee so basically it's another term to say like run matter of fact if you had wings to fly away okay so it tells us that it's very important for us to get rid of anything which will hinder our faithfulness to God and our relationship to him. We have to dispose certain items that distract us from focusing on the Lord and what he desires for us to do with our lives. It is a must, y'all. It is a must. You know, I believe one of the very things that's going to cause a lot of people to, you know, to fall away in the future uh, because of the, because of, of, you know, the, you know, the, um, the illusions, right? And the deceptions that's coming from the Antichrist. I believe it's going to be based on people's hearts, you know, being far away from God because they have now have made idols, right? To worship. And sometimes, like I said, it's involuntarily. Sometimes they don't know that they've had idols. They don't know if that they have um, been, you know, worshiping other, other gods besides our God, right? Besides Yahweh, the only true living God. And so it's, it's very important for us to really get rid of 
anything that hinders that relationship that we have with the Lord. And that is why Paul is really being very uh, sincere and very direct. And he says to flee idolatry because idolatry, y'all, is one of the main enemy to your salvation and also to where you're going to spend your eternity, you know. And it's perhaps even stronger um, than combating the enemy, right? Because the Bible tells us that we have authority, right, to uh, flee the devil. We have authority to let the devil know who we are, that we are sons and daughters of God. Um, but idolatry, man, is so powerful because it's like you're, you're not able to quickly die to your flesh because it feels like these things have your attention uh, even more than God. So that's very powerful. You know, it's like it's so scary that sometimes we give um, we give, you know, temporary things our utmost attention instead of reading our word, instead of spending some time in worship. And so that's very easy in itself for the for the enemy to attack you. It's like you're doing all the dirty work for the devil. The devil doesn't even have to try to scare you because you've already done it for him. Okay, you've already distracted yourself from from the glory of the Lord, from God's protection for him to just go ahead and just steal, kill and destroy. But that's not what I want for none for any of us. I want all of us to really, you know, to dispose of these items that causes us to not protect our focus and um, pay attention to the will of God for our lives and what the Lord wants us to do. Okay. now moving right along, I want to continue with verse 14. I want to just add some more um, some more key details that I discovered from the verse. Right. So back to the idols again. It's very important for us to pray without ceasing one to help us to not create idols, because like I said, sometimes it happens involuntarily. So you, you're not aware of it. You know, it's like you have a veil that covers your sight, that covers your spiritual sight. So you're not able to see when you have, you know, stopped praying or when you have stopped reading your word or when you have stopped um, spending time with God. And when you just have not been doing what it is that, you know, spiritually you're supposed to be investing in. And so I want you guys to know that you don't have to proclaim an idol with your mouth for you to be for you to have an idol. OK, you don't have to physically sell your soul in order um, for it to belong to someone or something else. Like what I'm trying to say is you may not say with your own mouth that you have idols, but your life will say it for you. Hmm. Y'all, that's that's very serious right there. And that's really how God is going to judge each and every one of us on judgment day. It's not going to be, you know, like the Bible says, but Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I healed the sick in your name. I gave my tithes in your name. I went to church in your name. No, 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 no. He's going to be analyzing your life. <laughs> he's going to be analyzing your life and he's going to be um, seeing what it is that you did with your time. Did you spend your time to just, uh, you know, just go with the flow and do the things of the world? Or did you spend your time seeking his kingdom and advancing his kingdom and spending time to really nourish your relationship with him? That's what the Lord is going to identify in in your history book. Right. When you were on the earth to see whatever it is uh, you're going to make it to your eternal home. And that is just really uh, to help you all. It's not to um, scare y'all, but it's to help 
each and every one of us, including myself, okay? Because sometimes I feel like, you know, this gospel of grace is so saturated right now. It's, it's so heavily preached that we miss to understand that just saying Jesus is Lord, you know, is not enough, okay? You can say it with your mouth, but your lifestyle, man, your lifestyle is key. When I say lifestyle, I'm not just simply saying how you dress and all that, but I'm saying what it is that you do with your life on a daily basis. You know, how you use your time, okay? How you treat other people and so forth. You know, uh, what do you do with, with your resources, okay? Do, do, what do you do with your money? Do you, you just spend your money on uh, materialistic things or do you spend your money to build up the kingdom of God? That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> now, moving along to verse 15, right? In verse 15, you know, it's, it's also a continuation, I would say, to the same, to the same thing that he is saying in verse, um, in verse 14. And Paul here in verse 15, he says, I speak to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say, okay? And so basically, Paul is saying, yo, I'm speaking to smart people. I'm speaking to people who know better and who already know what I'm saying, right? You guys have um, intelligence enough to reason with yourself and to identify by yourself what it is that you're doing and what it is that is, you know, is an idol in your life, okay? And so he's saying again, like, I don't have to judge you. You can go ahead and judge yourself because basically, even if I go ahead and judge you, you might get offended. You might take it the wrong way. So go ahead and analyze your life. Analyze what, what it is that you did with your time. Okay. What it is that you do, how it is that you treat, how it is that you treat people, excuse me. And you'll go ahead and give yourself a response, you know? And so that's very true to us today. Like sometimes, you know, uh, people, they're like, you know, speak the truth, speak the truth. But when it is that you go ahead and speak the truth, they don't want the truth, you know, and it's very sad, but I feel like that's the direction that we're going to. If we don't go ahead and use this time that we had during this pandemic to really say, Hey, I'm going to be bold for Jesus. I'm going to be bold for the word of God. And I'm going to go ahead and say this now, even if it stings right now, but I know that it's not going to sting later on. I said it in a previous uh, post on my social media, you know, I said nothing, right? Or no one is able to comfort someone who knows that they lost their loved ones forever. Basically meaning no one is able to comfort you if you know you had a family member that died without Christ, okay? That's worse than death itself. Eternal fire is worse than death itself. You have people that are afraid to die but they're not afraid to uh, go to hell, right? I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. Because like, how are you afraid to die, but yet you don't care where you're going to spend your eternity in, and you don't care the, uh, for the fact that you're not gonna ever see your parents, your loved ones, your spouse, your children. I don't understand that. I don't understand that philosophy. I don't know if you guys understand it, but I really don't understand it. My goal and my intention is to really um, allow God to use me to help others to see how important it is for them to know where the eternal home is going to be before they leave this earth. It's not enough for them to wait until they die to find out. I don't want that to be the case for any of us. Don't wait until your last breath to find out because it may just be too late. Okay. And so 
man, I'm telling you, it's important for us to know even now. Don't wait until you get you get old, okay? Don't wait until you're like 30 years old because I know some people, they'll be like, I'm going to wait until I'm 30, 40, 45 to accept Jesus Christ into my life. But tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And 2020 has taught us that. <laughs> 2020 has taught us that, okay? And it also has taught us that God really is the one that directs our path. And he is the one that, is the it's in control of our life and it's in control of this entire world okay all right so let's continue now to verse 16 but before i go to verse 16 there's one more thing i want to mention concerning verse 15 okay so as we said before Paul here is saying to them, hey, I'm not going to go ahead and judge you. I'm not going to even waste my time to judge you. I'm, I'm just stating the facts. If you want to receive the facts, receive them. But go ahead and analyze your own life to see what it is that you're doing, to see what type of idols that you do have that is getting in your way from focusing on the Lord, right? And focusing from, uh, from God. And so basically here, one of the implications that we could um, see in this verse, right? Verse 15 is that Paul is saying, you need to know the truth on your own you shouldn't just depend on me for the truth you need to become students of the truth he says remember i speak to sensible people judge for yourself so paul is saying to the member of the members of the corinthian church hey judge for yourself you need to wake up yourself you need to know the truth you need to know what is true and what is false you need to know the will of god and what is not the will of god and i think this is very important for us in this season as well and also important in regards to um where you're going you remember the title of this uh, Bible study, right, is where are you going and what are you doing to get there? In order for you to go where you want to go, you need to know truth. You need to know truth because truth is what's going to lead you to the right direction. You know, you, if you don't know the truth, then technically, you know, a lie and the lie is never going to lead you to the narrow path. The lie is never going to lead you to success. And even if it leads you to success, it's only temporary anyways, it's not going to last. And as a matter of fact, even if it led you to a, to a success, right? Like a season of success, it might lead you to a lifetime in, in prison, right? <laughs> right? And so it's very important for us to, to understand what it is uh, God is saying, you know, for ourselves to not really put all of our confidence in, in, in like apostles like Paul, you know? And I, and I respect Apostle Paul, even though he's not here, but he's in heaven, right? I respect the fact that he never really put the limelight on himself. Yes, he is an apostle, but he is also letting the members know that they also need to be like men I would for lack of better term for lack of better word, excuse me, like many apostles themselves. They need to seek out the truth. They need to know how to build, how to manage on their own. Okay? Because one day apostle Paul is not going to be with them. Okay? All right. So, let's go to verse 16 here. Verse 16 now, he says to them, he says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give things a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? You could hear it in his tone, right? He's being very sarcastic in this verse. And he's pretty much asking uh, rhetorical questions, right? And uh, from this verse, we can see here, he's really big on uh, gratitude, keyword thanksgiving. But it's more than that as well. Um, but he's big in gratitude in regards to the fact that he wants the members to know that Christ is the reason that he does what he does. And Christ should also be the reason that they do what they do. 
Christ is the one that should have the center stage, not us. And he wants for them to understand and realize that everything that we do is because of what he has done for us. It's not because of something that we have done, we, ha we did for ourselves, excuse me. And so again, he's being sarcastic a lot in this verse, right? And I just want to add to that the whole entire chapter, right? First Corinthians chapter 10, the, the title of the chapter itself is, is called warnings from Israel's history. And so the implication here is that perhaps the members of the Corinthian church, although they know the, although they are listening to Paul, they, they believe Paul's teachings. They believe that Paul was called by God to be an apostle in order to lead them and et cetera, et cetera. It seems here that Paul could pick up on their behavior and their mannerism that they were starting to kind of like stray, you know, in a different direction. And he was there saying, yo, we're going to, we're going to have this talk because I don't want y'all to make the same mistakes as the Israelites in the old Testament. So we're going to have the sit down. Okay. Before you make that straight line crook. And so, um, it's important for us too, as believers in today's time, right. In this modern time, to understand the importance of really reading the scriptures back for our own benefit to keep our pastry and to be able to know what it is that, you know, that is displeasing to God in order for us not to, not to let ourselves have, you know, trials that we could avoid it, you know, to make the mistakes that we could have avoided. A lot of times we like to put blame on other people for our own mistakes and, you know, that's not healthy to do that. And instead of putting uh, the blame on other people, we need to really take the responsibility and say, you know what? I messed up. I was wrong and um, I need to do better. I want to do better. And um, and also before we go ahead and just make those bad decisions to go back to the word of God, read books like Proverbs and read um, passages like the one that we're studying right now and to see what it is that is able to make uh, me go in the right direction and please God and be able to have a blessed life and be able to be an, a good example to other people. You know, it's hard for us to lead others if we're not able to lead by example. That's just, it's very hard. And as a reminder, right, when we were studying chapter nine of, of first Corinthians, he was saying to himself, he was saying that, uh, I fight my body, right? I'm paraphrasing. He's saying, I fight my body, right? And he's saying like, you know, he, he's, he's not throwing, right? He's not throwing or aiming like someone who does not know their aim or, or someone who is not aiming in the right direction. He knows the direction to aim at. This is what Paul was saying in first Corinthians chapter nine. Remember when we were reading first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 26 to 27, and it should be the same with us. You know, we can't say that, oh, wow, I, I desire to preach the gospel. I desire to uh, shine the light of Christ. If we're, uh, we ourselves are not leading by example if we ourselves you know in closed doors we're not you know being holy we're not living holy life we're not spending time with god we're only showing that we're spending time with god when it comes to when others sees see us or when we're on social media you know it's very important for us to be authentic in every arena of our lives not just publicly but privately and even in, in, in the way that we treat uh, strangers and, and, and other people that we know in, in speech and in attitude, you know, you will hear people say, well, God knows my heart, you know, God knows, you know, that I'm gangster. <laughs> but it's important for us to know that God wants us to die to ourselves, that God wants us to die to our flesh. 
And that is just the cross that you have to pick up as a Christian. Remember Apostle Paul, y'all. Apostle Paul was gangster. Apostle Paul was 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 giving people order. It's like he was a mafia, right? He was giving people order to get Christians out of their house to go ahead, either kill them or, or send them to jail. I don't know if they get any gangsters in that, but God just transformed his life. And now he is an apostle and now he is leading a whole body of members of Christ. Right. And so it's important for us to understand that there are certain ways that we had before we gave our life to Jesus that, you know, they need to be crucified completely on that cross. Okay. And now we have a new life now. And so that means there are certain behaviors, attitudes that we used to carry on in our old life. We can't carry it on in this life. Now, am I saying that it's going to happen all of a sudden? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that you need to at least be willing to change. You need to be at least willing to allow the Holy Spirit to complete that transformation. You know, as we said earlier, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon you. As a matter of fact, if God was one to dictate people's life, then guess what? Everybody would be in heaven and salvation would be like forced upon everybody. It wouldn't have been something voluntarily done. You know, salvation, yes, it is God's will for all to be saved. But technically, you still have to make that decision yourself. God is not going to make that decision for you. God provided the way, which was Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, you have to say, yes, Lord, I will follow. And that, yes, Lord, I will follow. Like I said before, it's not just saying it in speech, but it's saying it in action, in your lifestyle, etc. You know, faith without work is dead. It's not just saying that we love Jesus with our mouth. It's not just putting I love God or I trust God in our Bible and social media, but it's does my life trust God? Does my life say that I am a disciple of Christ, you know? So let's go ahead and continue to verse 17. But before we go to verse 17, there's something I would like to add on to verse 16. Um, I feel that is very important for us to mention here. And so in verse 16, we do see there's a lot of symbolism. Okay. He's saying here is not the cup of Thanksgiving for which we give thanks. We know that we can't drink out of cup. That's called Thanksgiving, right? We can't, we can't do that. So it's symbolism. Um, and then it continues and say, um, for which we give things a participation in the blood of Christ. Okay, so technically we can't drink the blood of Christ. So again, all of it is symbolism, but it's just Paul's way of emphasizing, you know, again, the reason why we do what we do. We do it for Christ. And so even when we're giving things, we're giving things to Jesus. We're giving things to Yahweh. We're, we're giving things to the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. In, in, the, in, the re, in the way that we participate in the blood of Christ, right, it's not just to say Holy Communion. Because a lot of times, you know, you will hear your pastor preach from this uh, passage, which is awesome, right? It's an awesome passage for communion. Um, but it's, it's even more than that. He's talking about our day-to-day, -day, you know, our participation. Drinking the blood of Christ is a day-to-day -day process. And it's also uh, talking about living the gospel. When you live the gospel and when you preach the gospel, it's you participating in drinking of the blood of Christ and giving thanks to God. You know, giving thanks to God is not just saying, thank you, Lord, again, with our lips. You know, God says multiple times in different passages, even in the Old Testament, he says, you know, these people, they worship me with their lips, but their, their heart is far from me. 
you know, God is really seeking the hearts of his people in this season. And I believe, you know, even though this pandemic was very, very difficult and it took away many, many lives, but I believe that God is going to do something amazing out of this. And I believe what he was trying to do is really to bless our hearts, you know, to, to soften our hearts and to make sure our heart is for him. Because sometimes, like we said before, we could get distracted and feel like we're, we're serving God and we're, we're worshiping God in spirit and in truth, but we're just halfway with God. You know, we didn't give our entire heart in that worship. We didn't give our entire heart in preaching that, that sermon, you know. We didn't give our entire heart in evangelizing to that, to that non-believer. And so God wants us to be a people that have pure motives and to walk in pure motives and to walk in, you know, uh, pure intentions to walk in pureness in all arenas. You know, it's not just when we go to Sunday services or Wednesday Bible study, but he wants us to be a people that carries the gospel wherever we go, meaning in, in your school, you know, at school, at work, in your conversations on social media. You know, I, I, I really don't believe that, you know, our faith is separate, you know, from our lifestyle, like our well-being. Like, I don't believe faith is just a part of our lives. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't believe faith is just a part of our life. I believe that faith is our life. And I believe that's where God is wanting us to, you know, head to. I believe that's the normal that God wants us to tap into. You know, I feel like a lot of times we've been just putting our faith to the side, you know. Um, but we weren't really fusing our lives with our faith. And so I believe that God is really going to want us to live a life of faith and to not conform to the patterns of this world, right? Now let's go on to verse 17. In verse 17, he says, he says, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one bread. And again, it's just a continuation of what he's saying in verse 16. So basically he's saying, listen, y'all, he's saying here, Hold up. He's saying he, he's literally saying, you know, Christ is the head. We are the body. I'm not the head and neither are you the head. He says, therefore, though, we are equal. And he's like to them, I may function like a manager since no one else volunteered for this position or was trained for this position. But listen, Christ is the CEO of us both. He's my CEO and he's your CEO. So that means I'm leveled with you. Although I function as a manager, but that doesn't mean I'm higher than you. And I believe in this season, you know, that that's where God wants us to be as the body of Christ. I believe in this season, God doesn't want us to put our level of uh, authority based on our titles, but he wants us to see our titles as just being functions. It's just to do different roles for different um, assignments. But nonetheless, it's not to say that your brother or sister is lower than you just because they don't have a title and you have a title, you know, titles, titles are nothing in God's eyes. And as a matter of fact, if you pay attention to the Bible, although you see titles are being used, right? You see people are um, being called apostles, right? And, and prophets, but ultimately most of the time the Lord referred to them as servants. He says, my servant Moses or my servant uh, David, you know, he, he really said to them as servants. And I know sometimes, you know, people will be like, okay, servants, we're children of God. We're yes, it's true. We're children of God. But the term servant, it was just showing is like, they were just his servants, meaning they were just, you know, his, his 
his partners. You know, they were just humble people, you know, people that were humbled by his spirit, you know. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a great title to have the title of a servant because when you have the title of a servant, you can serve all. But sometimes when you have a specific title, it, it could cause you to be, it could cause you to become a, pre, to become a prejudice, right? To be prejudiced, excuse me. It can cause you to have favoritism. It could cause you to say no to pray for this person and pray for that person because this person has more money. And so God doesn't want us, you know, to be a body that looks in that, looks in that way or looks through that set of lens. Okay. And so that's what he is getting to like here in this passage. He's saying, look, you know what we're doing here. We ain't doing it for us. <laughs> we're not doing it for us. We're doing this for Jesus. When we participate of the, of the blood and of the bread, it's not about us. It's about him. And I want y'all to know that the reason why I'm Paul, right? I'm Paul the apostle is because God placed me in that position so I could do more for you. Okay. Now to close, let's go to verse 18. In verse 18, he says this, he says, consider the people. Do those who eat the sacrifices participate? Excuse me. Do those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? What does he mean by that? Oh, this one is deep, y'all. This one is, we have, we have to really take our time to dissect this one. Let's go ahead and read it once more. I want y'all to understand exactly what it is. Paul is challenging them to understand. He says, do those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Okay, so he's asking a question. And, and, and Paul here in the entire passage is that, it's like he's asking questions that they're all aware of. Or perhaps even questions that some of the members themselves um, raised to Paul and he's just answering it publicly to them. Here he's saying, like, are the people who, you know, are the people who are leading uh, the body of Christ, right? Or are the people who, who say that they are Christian, uh, are, they, are they participating in the, at the altar? You know, do those who eat the sacrifices, are they participating at the altar? So basically he's saying... Basically, he's talking about, I would say here, about conduct, right? The importance of conduct, the importance of, you know, having honor, having honor for God and having honor for uh, the things of God and the functioning um, of the ways of God, right? And the functioning of the church and so forth. We have to do these things with honor and um, integrity. And I'm going to close right here. I'll continue on with that a little bit more in the next podcast but for now i'm gonna close it right here and um i just want to thank you guys for just hanging with me i know we've been on here for a little while but i just really wanted for us to really dissect the passage verse by verse but thank you so much for just spending time with me tonight you could have done something else but i really appreciate your time and i pray that you were greatly blessed by this um episode of the mastering single podcast if you have not listened to the previous episodes, you, you are more than welcome to listen to them in our archives via Apple, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, Spotify, um, Podbean, whatever, whatever your preference is, you are able to find the podcast there and we'll continue next time. And so this was JLP. I appreciate your time, y'all. May God bless you. May God bless this month of May to be extraordinary for you. I pray that God's promises will come to pass in your life in this month of May, that he would do something special just for you for this month of May. Stay encouraged, y'all. And remember, all things are possible with Christ Jesus.